This is Stories of Salem, a new broadcast from CC Media's Community News Desk. I'm your host, Megan Jonas, reporting with my co-host, Ashley Jackson-Lawrence. Today, we're chatting with the founder of Black Joy, Oregon, Julianne Jackson. Jackson is a lifelong Oregonian and leads nonviolent rallies across the state intended to bring visibility to the Black community. Listen to hear how Jackson cares for her Oregonian neighbors, including her experience collecting and distributing mutual aid, evacuating livestock during the Santium fires, and starting a community farm to benefit black families. My name is Julianne Jackson and I am the founder and executive director of Black Joy. I grew up in a lot of weird ways, you know, I'm uh, part, part way from North Carolina, part way I grew up here, so I have a very like eclectic background. There's just really a lot um, that encompasses everything I am. I'm a mom, um, I'm a musician, uh, I love my community. Um, and I think, you know, I've been through a ton of stuff that just gives me just a really big love um, for folks and especially underdogs in particular. North Carolina, I think, um, you know, my yes ma'am and no ma'am, um, all of the pleasantries, um, a lot of the ways that I do activism come from my upbringing there. Um, I have a really nice way of telling you to go get bent um, and that's from being raised in the South, uh, being raised around super strong black women that were dealing with those things at that time. Um, you know, we have um, a farm out in Claremont, North Carolina, which was purchased uh, by my grandfather, who was a great grandfather, who was a sharecropper, and 30 members of our family still live on that farm today. So our, you know, our roots are really deep there. Um, but you know, moving out here, first of all, the land is bar none. Um, Oregon is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been and there's everything. You can do anything here, water, sand, snow, all of it. Um, so that's really great. And I think also the spirit of people out here is just really like that, you know, that there's a lot more acceptance. Um, there's a lot more ability to say the thing. Um, and it's, I, I feel like a lot of the, that deep work, um, people are ready to do. Um, but I, you know, I will say, the black community here is lacking, and um, I do miss that greatly about North Carolina. I shouldn't say lacking, we're full. We full here. But what I meant was, we're just small, yeah. You know, I grew up in an all black community. The only white people I ever saw were my mother and my stepmother. I never really saw white folks outside of that, um, outside of my mom's family. Um, and so when I first came here in the fifth grade, I actually moved to Jefferson, Oregon. Um, went to Rosedale Elementary, and I was, the black child, the one. Um, it was wild. I think, you know, there's a loss of identity. Um, you know, for a while, it really kind of, I remember making certain jokes or, you know, or feeling certain ways about myself that now I look back and I just go, whoa. Like, you know, so it was just such a stark contrast um, to not really have anyone that looked like you, to not really have anyone advocating for you. Um, you know, it, it was strange. I think now, um, I really seek these spaces out and I have to, right? Or, you know, I create them um, because it is imperative. It's important for, you know, especially women. I think um, black women and women of color to have those folks that really can bring you back into alignment. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's a tough one. I 
to be really honest, almost got caught up in the school to prison pipeline. I spent a lot of my time in juvenile detention, um, you know, for things that probably white kids, I had seen them get away with over and over and over again. Um, I spent a significantly longer amount of time than I saw my counterparts. Um, you know, some of the other things I was kind of expected to fail. Um, there was always, you know, the, oh, you're, you're black, but you're not like black, black, right? Or, you know, just things that, um, Again, I look back now and I just would never tolerate, but when you're growing up in it and you don't have the uh, the verbal skills or you don't have the, the words for it, you don't really know you're being micromanaged in that way. You don't really recognize what's happening. Yeah, it's it's turned into a superpower now, but yeah, it was definitely a rough one. I think it really has given me um, an insight into all of the things that I feel now or look back now that were really detrimental to my well-being um, that I had to kind of dig myself out of believing about myself. I, I tell my kids all the time, if you can't be good, be good at it. And a lot of people laugh at that when I say that. But the reason I say that is all kids get into trouble. All kids make mistakes, right? Um, but we don't have the luxury of, uh, of making them in the same fashion. We don't have the luxury of uh, making great mistakes. It's just not something that we have. I really try to instill in them those things off top. Like you're just good and that you don't have to earn it. Like you don't have to work for it. You just are a human being and you deserve respect. Um, you know, you deserve peace and joy and all of those things just because you're a person. Um, and, and those were definitely not things that, uh, you know, that I was taught. So Black Joy Oregon started in 2020. Um, and I think a lot, like a lot of organizations, uh, it was in the, in the middle of the uprising. Um, I just didn't feel like people were representing me how I wanted to be represented. There was so much, and don't get me wrong, like the rage is real. Like that's a real thing that I feel and I think everybody feels. But for me personally, um, that's not the way I really wanted to operate. Like I didn't want to operate out of a space of hatred. So that's really what started Black Joy is just out of this desire to uplift women of color, um, to be there for my community, to be there in a way that really showcased what I feel is my biggest attribute. Uh, and that's joy, you know, what has gotten me through many, many hardships in my life and what has gotten black people as a whole, I think through all of the things that we have been through, um, is being able to find and maintain joy um, in any space. Um, so that's kind of how that got started. I have met so many people. Um, I've had the opportunity to learn an incredible amount, not only about um, my community, but about myself. Um, like, you know, when you're, when you think you know something about yourself, right, but you maybe haven't grown up in an environment that has enriched that in you. Um, and then you start hearing people go, that's it, girl. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay, dang. You know, and you start just growing and, um, it's, it's been great. I've just watched so many folks elevate. Um, I've watched so many people in the black community go from, you know, kind of a struggling space to building something of their own. Um, and having the support to do so, and that that in and of itself is huge. Um, you know, it's it's been beautiful. It's been a really great experience. We have gone to so many places where people have come up to me and said, I've never seen a black person in real life. Like we've had these conversations and it's true. And then we wonder why we have the result that we have and there's no exposure. So if all you ever see 
is negative media, stereotypical media. I'm sure that I look pretty weird to you. I'm sure that I'm probably pretty scary, right? But when you come and you talk to me and you see that my smile is genuine and my love for you is genuine and I'm bringing resources into your community, um, I'm trying to de-escalate people. I'm trying to, you know, like it, it very easily changes the mind. We've had a lot of conversations just around that alone. Um, some of the things, you know, we've been able to do is bring de-escalation training to communities that during the protests were having exceptionally hard times, um, you know, showing support. Uh, you know, we've been able to stand alongside little cities and have little banner events and just broaden the community, broaden the organizing community. And what that does is then when we're trying to pass legisla legislation or, you know, we're trying to make a major move for a, a, a particular city, we have support from everywhere, right? Um, so there's so much to it. Um, and these little cities, like a lot of them, uh, we were shown so much love, dude. Like so so much love, an incredible amount of love. And of course, there's, you know, your standard nonsense. We dealt with a lot of that too. We've been in a lot of dangerous situations. Um, I've been assaulted by Proud Boys and the like. Um, you know, so it's it's real. Um, but the, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything because the positive far, far outweighed the negative. And it really showed me that a lot of this work um, in anti-racism is exposure and a lot of people and not that everybody has to do that work it's a calling uh i don't advise it for for most to be really honest i think it's damaging it can be um but that it really is in oregon i think a bulk of the work is having the conversation and starting the conversation um our first tour was fire we had so much fun uh, we went on the coast and it was a really, it was hard. Like people yelled stuff at us, uh, people screamed at us, but it was also, I think it was probably like what it was like to write the green book, right? But because you, you figured out where you could go um, and where you had a lot of love. And, and so that was really cool. Uh, there was during the fires, uh, we went to, oh man, this was wild. So we drove up to the fires. We were trying to help people get evacuated. And uh, we drove up to these folks' house, and I'm not kidding you, bro. It was like, Trump, Trump on a bald eagle, Trump with abs. Like, it was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, it's okay. You know what? We're going to do it. We're going to do this. We're here. We're helping. Okay. Um, and at the end, I mean, we were like, and you see my nails. What am I doing on a farm, okay? Um, but I'm like, I'm grabbing up geese and sheep. And at the end of it, this man had tears in his eyes. And he just was like, yo, this is what the country needs. You guys didn't ask us anything. You just showed up. You did the job. You did it with joy, right? Like, you, you jumped in and he's like, this is what we need. And it was just such a beautiful moment because it was just, it really kind of showed me that our purpose is often bigger than our egos, and it's, it's often also bigger than the problems that we think we have with one another. Because in that moment, it really didn't matter. What mattered is their livelihood was at stake. These are human beings. They're scared, right? Um, and, it, and, and it was cool. Like I got to see a bunch of weird animals and wrangle a bull, so that was dope.
Yeah, I mean, I didn't personally, like we were all trying to get it into this like corral thing and this really cool, um, actually real cowboy came and did it. But um, yeah, it was just, we've had some dope, dope experiences, just really exciting. Um, so we are about to start Black Joy Farms. We've partnered uh, with um, a local uh, human here and they are wonderful. They're giving us a seven year um, land use and uh, we are putting together a free community garden uh, that's going to be for uh, for black folks. Um, the you know all of our goodies are going to go to black families. Uh, we'll also, hopefully, we haven't worked out the details. Uh, be working with another black organization to kind of put up a children's farm. We did a um, an educational day. Uh, with about 26 black children where we taught them about urban gardening. We taught them about the history of black uh, agriculture in America. And that was one of the most popular classes they've had. And so one of the things that we you know, thought about doing was like, yo, we got to get these kids hands in the dirt, right? So that's going to be kind of held by another organization, which I work with that I love dearly. But ours, uh, Black Joy, is, is really just, uh, to be really honest, bringing the peace back to uh, what I want to do back to activism for me um, personally, um, being able to provide something tangible. We've seen the cost of groceries rise and rise and rise and rise, um, and our black families deserve better. And um, and so we're, you know, we're we're starting that project here shortly. We're going to be cleaning up the land space uh, next month and starting to plant. We've got lots of good stuff going on. So yeah, I'm really excited. We've got a. Um, a dude, I actually, uh, Lord help me, he was my first little boyfriend, Henny at Judson. Um, he's so cute. Uh, he's a wonderful farmer, um, and he's gonna help us get everything started and get everything going. Um, and it's just been, every all the elements have come together, right? And at, at little to no cost, they've come together. So, um, so we're just really excited. When I really break down the crux of it, I am fighting for the ability to have peace in my life. I'm fighting for liberation. I'm fighting for mine and everyone else's, you know, that is black, their liberation. We are still living under slave conditions with uh, the criminal justice system. We are still not given uh, the correct resources to, to guide our communities. Um, you know, so I think black joy is at the, at the base of all of that. To, to even be able to get to a place. There are black people in this country who experience joy on such a, a low level. They don't, have, they don't have the basic means to feel joy. They have been so denigrated, they have been so let down by this country. And so I think truly black joy is the crux of it all for me. <laughs> um, I want every black person to be able to experience joy, to be able to experience financial freedom, to be able to experience um, letting their children go out and not being concerned about their return and how they return. Black boys and girls, little girls being adultified. <laughs> uh, black boys, same. Um, they don't even get to have, again, they don't get to have the same experiences that their white counterparts do. So for me, I think joy is, is at the base of all of it. And it's also uh, the only thing that gets us through it. It's the only thing that gets me through this work is finding ways to find joy. You know, I, I think that people just really need to, to understand that black people are people. We are human beings. 
Um, you know, we deserve good things. Um, we deserve to be able to say black re on repeat. We deserve to have safe spaces. Uh, we deserve to, to not be an afterthought in this state and in this country. Um, and again, just, I can't hammer it home enough. Um, until folks, just individually, but also as a state, are willing to take accountability, this moment that we're seeing is going to continue to bubble over. Because we are here. We are at a precipice. We are at a fork in the road where we have old guard and new guard, and new guard is going to have to step it up. We have to stop being afraid of saying the thing, and we need to just say the thing. Um, we need to stop being afraid to call out racism and misogyny and all of the other G's. We need to, we need to stop being silent. We got to be honest about our past. I think that's, you know, majorly I think that's what I would like to see um, is people really taking ownership and accountability of who we've been so we can move on and become who we're going to become. I think Oregon has so much potential. Uh, we are already a place of, um, you know, great acceptance, I think. Some of it's a little faulty. You know, a lot of people don't really realize that a lot of anti-racist work actually has nothing to do with talking to someone else about anything. It really has to do with how I'm dealing with myself. Am I checking that bias? Uh, the second something comes out of my mouth, am I correcting myself and going, whoop, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore, right? Um, and so, you know, that's the work that needs to be done, and I think that's the hardest work of all. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, I am on Facebook all the time. I pretty much work off of there. So uh, send me a message, uh, Julian Ashley Jackson. I'm always on there. You'll see us at different events. You'll see us kind of pop up here and there. Um, you can always email us as well at blackjoyoregon.com uh, if you have specific questions or need advocacy. When, when I tell you what we do mutual aid, like we've done everything from prom dresses to hair care. So when we're asking or we're appealing to the community, um, you know, we've had a couple people that um, have been assaulted in, in racist attacks. And we've tried to provide funding for that family to take a vacation, you know, to get out of town, um, to, you know, to try to relocate, whatever, whatever they need. Um, so number one is funding. I'll just be perfectly frank. Um, number two, services. So. We, uh, we had somebody um, that created our logo, uh, Tikva, she's phenomenal. Um, and she does that work for us um, as an ally, right? Um, we have folks that have done other little things like that. So whatever skill you have, whether it's baking, uh, cooking, you know, we're always gonna need t-shirt making. We're always gonna need those things. Um, and those are ways that you can show up. I just started Black Joy Consulting or Black Joy Speaks Consulting. We're offering DEI, we're offering anti-racism, even personalized anti-racism. Uh, a couple times a month, I'm gonna do Ask a Black Chick, where you can just ask me ridiculous questions and I'm going to charge you um, for, you know, for my expertise. Uh, we're gonna talk about it. Um, because again, I think one of the biggest things, and it's not for everybody, but somebody has to, somebody has to have the conversation and I'm willing to do that. Um, so part of it is the tra some of the trainings that we offer. Um, part of it is just showing up. Uh, figuring out for yourself, doing your own, you know, like on our website or on our Facebook page, we'll, we'll hip you to stuff that's happening in your community where you can go get learned. Like you can, somebody will show you. Um, and, and you just have to kind of take the opportunities that are provided or that are shown to you. Uh, the farm is coming. Um, and you guys actually heard that here first. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so the farm is coming. Um, the consulting company is already 
open and available. Uh, what We're ready to come to your events. Uh, we'll be traveling again this summer, hopefully. So uh, that's kind of when we do our travel and we take a break in the wintertime um, because it's, it's a lot. We hit like 12, 13 cities in a weekend. Um, so we'll be doing that again. Um, we're just kind of, honestly, we're just kind of taking a break. We've done a lot, man. <laughs> we did a lot in the last couple years. I mean, the marches, some of the marches we've led of like thousands, you know, like you can't beat that type of energy. And to come from, you know, especially living in this state for so long and feeling like nobody really cared about you, um, to having thousands of people behind you going, we love you and we see you, um, was something really, really special. For more information on Black Joy Oregon, visit their Facebook page or blackjoyoregon.com. I'm Megan Jonas from CC Media, and this is Stories of Salem. Thanks for listening.